thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts, Aaron, Chris, and Rich. Have either of you guys seen the announcement for the new Nintendo system? Yeah. No. Uh, what do you think, Rich? Think that's something that you would utilize? No. I, no I, not for you? What I, what I thought was interesting was that I, during the, the reveal trailer or whatever they call them these days, I noticed that they were playing uh, Skyrim. Yes. And yes. you know gaming. Skyrim is ma- basically computer games that they started to port over around the fourth one, third one, actually, yeah, to the on consoles. the console. Yeah. It's real nerdy role-playing game stuff, and for whatever reason, Nintendo never hopped on that. They've never had a, an Elder Scrolls game, because the series is called Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Skyrim is the fifth episode in it. Um, well, yeah, but I, Nintendo has been... Hmm, well, it's not a closed system. They definitely highly promote their own products. The, Which is weird. The, the, yeah, Mario the- and all that shit and uh, Donkey Kong, Zelda. Well, when you go back to the NES days, I mean, they fucking sold their seal of approval to anybody that could put a fucking sticker on a Nintendo cartridge. Right. There were so many third-party developers for anything that had Nintendo on it. They didn't really start, start becoming that insular until... I'm going to say PlayStation come out and just spank their ass. Right, because, yeah, well, I think maybe if to generalize it, it would be like Nintendo was, uh, they they were selling consoles and they were like the only game in town for a long while, even though, you know, there was competition from like uh, Sega and other companies like that. Nobody really stepped up as much as Sony finally did. And... I think game developers are saying, we want to do this, we want to do that type of game. And they're like, well, we don't have the graphics for that or we don't have the support for that. And we're not going to because people are still buying the shit out of Mario and Zelda and everything else. And it was Sony that actually gave the developers a platform to try the newer technologies that people were using in arcades, arcade games and uh you know get the the more realistic rendering and all that shit that that people were asking for that and that people were getting even at the time out of their PC more so than they were getting out of their Nintendo system or their Sega system. Mm. I will say this, I uh, the console idea, what is it, Nintendo Switch is what it's called? Yeah, well let's describe or- it real quick if you haven't seen it. It's uh and I know Chris said that he didn't see it. But the well, I'm reading about it right now. Right. I, if you're trying to get directly on a Nintendo site, it's been very slow. I wasn't able to get everything to load on their page, but I watched the video through other sources, and you have a fairly large screen tablet-style game system that has two controller, uh, two controller units that slide onto either side. And so you can play it, which is basically it's a widescreen-looking Wii U controller that is modular. Mm -hmm. Only you, the game is always in the game system that you carry around with you. And to play it on your home system, you put it into a cradle or a dock 
to uh, and then you disconnect you slide out the little controllers you can connect them together into one controller you can play with them separately you can play on the go you can uh, have play two player on the go like they showed people actually using each side of the controller as a separate one player controller where's this when we were 12 I think the design and the functionality of it are it's astounding and I'm going to buy the fuck out of it and I'm I'm really excited for it. But I think Nintendo's I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean the thing is it's not going it's not competing with anything that Microsoft or Sony's doing. It's a it's well, a little that- cartridge game with probably I mean maybe it's got better graphics than what we're seeing now out of the Wii U, maybe it doesn't. It doesn't really matter to me, but that's going to matter the- for other users. The, the, I don't know, man. Skyrim looked pretty good from what I saw. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it looked like it was... That Zelda game they, looked good as fuck. You know, they only showed it in passing for a few seconds, but I mean, from the, the little short screenshots I saw of them playing, it looked as good as the game looked on the 360. Now they're remastering it, yeah, giving it an HD upgrade, right. and it's coming out in like a week or so, so God knows how much better it's going to look then, but... Still, I mean, it, it. I was like, okay, all right, cool. Right. My problem with Nintendo is I'm not into Pokemon. Yes, I right. my 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 daughter is an adult and she's more into like Final Fantasy type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at Nintendo almost as like a kids and a casual gamer. I hear you, and that's a, type I'm a system. Ca- yeah, I'm a casual gamer with kids that are the right age, and that's why I'm all into this Nintendo shit. Exactly, exactly, and. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Hey, I'm not going to... Dude, I ain't going to lie. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the Zelda game for Nintendo or, or Super Nintendo. I played the shit out of that. I played the shit out of the, the first Legend of Zelda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, the first game I loaded up when I had an NES emulator on, on uh, a computer that could handle it was Legend of Zelda. I'm going to beat know, the I fuck mean, out of Link, of Link Between Worlds, I think it's called, as soon as I get it back from my son. But I mean, you know, so Nintendo has games that I'm interested in. It's just one console games, consoles, the prices are going up through the fucking roof compared to what they used to be. And if I'm going to drop, because I'm not going to find the deal I found on the Xbox One (laughs) probably ever again. But if I'm going to drop like three, four hundred dollars on a console it has to be more than a handful of games that's going to keep my interest. And I'm just not into, like, the Pokemon. And Nintendo does a lot of JRPGs, you know, right. Jap- more Japanese-style role-playing games. Three, yeah, and three, three to $400 is a lot to consider that that would, be, that would have to be in addition to your choice of PlayStation or Xbox system, right? Exactly, that's exactly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, if I really wanted it, I could go out and, and put one on on reserve, and I'm not gonna, you know, end up on the street to do it. Yeah. But it's just like I don't. It's like the VR for PlayStation. Yes. I don't see any games that it's worth going out and spending four or five hundred bucks on. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down in price and the games get better. Yeah, we're still early in the technology too. The latest VR glove that I I saw that had. I think it's actually it's out of development. It's actually available for purchase, but still really expensive. But you actually put this whole glove on instead of carrying like the batons or sticks or something like the uh, the Sony VR has. This you actually put gloves on so you can 
use your hands in the environment in the virtual environment and it's got like basically it looks like a little velcro strap that goes around all the fingers and at each joint or in between the joints rather so each finger would have three little cuffs on it with a tiny little wire that goes to yeah anyway i just thought that was cool so it's not so much just about you know using your hands it's about being able to use your fingers it sounds like what the when Nintendo come out with the power glove back in the day, what they were trying to get it to do, but it just they right. didn't have the technology to really do it. They, yes. they I'm not going to say they said it was going to do that, but they definitely played it up in the commercials and that and that movie that turned out to be a commercial for it. And Super Mario Three was the <laughs> the wizard or whatever yes, the, the wizard. wizard. Yeah, yeah, classic. Wasn't that Howie Mandel and Fred Savage? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they definitely played it up like it was going to be like some sort of neo virtual reality glove. And all it really was was a damn glove that had a controller on it. Right. <laughs> That's what it turned out to be. It had a little switch I, on it that t- you could tell if your hand was open or closed sometimes. Yeah, and it's like it wasn't motion controlled. If you, know, if you were playing a character, you didn't move your arm and he moved his arm exactly like that. But, I mean, it's, you know, it was... It, it was a nice shot for what they were trying to do, but I mean, but yeah, I, as far as Nintendo goes, I dude, I got I got a lot of friends that are they don't have, either their kids are older, or for whatever reason they just they still love Nintendo and they own every single console Nintendo's put out, every little DS DS 3D and all this, and they got Pokemon Gold through Platinum and Diamond, and I'm like, yeah. I right, dude. I'm lost. Like, I, seriously. <laughs> I never had a GameCube, but other than that, I've had every Nintendo system, I believe. The last one I had was GameCube. Yeah. And I had GameCube for the Star Wars, a uh, couple Star Wars games they had on it, and then uh, Super, uh, or the, the Metroid game they had on it. And then I didn't play it, and I sold it to a buddy of mine after the, after those games. I was like, I'm good. Here you go. You can buy it for like half of what I paid for it. I got my use out yeah. of it. I think, you know, if it's four hundred dollars, it would I would definitely have to have some more in depth plot driven uh you know Xbox and Playstation style games available for it to drop that much. If it's three hundred or less, I think it's kind of a no brainer the enjoyment that I would get out of it. Well yeah, and it's to me it's really it's like I guess for me, it's like when they come out with the the PlayStation Four Pro or the yeah. Xbox One S. Your four Ks and all that shit. I'm just like, eh, I five hundred dollars to put a two because it's got a two terabyte hard drive in it. It does Again? it does an upscaled four drive right. uh, or upscales to four K. I went out and bought an eighty dollar external hard drive and a USB. Well, not a USB. Um. Uh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Anyways, the cable to hook it up, and I have th- basically three terabyte hard drive, two of it external on my Xbox One. Yeah, and it works just fine on my high def TV. It looks great, you know. So and I'm not dropping a thousand plus for a 4K TV to rival the size and features of my high def TV. So for what I have now, yeah, it's great. And when the 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 true next generation console comes out. I'm almost to the point where it's like it, it depends on the games whether I'll buy it. I'm almost 
Jay is like Jay and I don't talk a lot outside of the show, but the little bit that we have about gaming stuff, he's almost got me to the dark side where I'm over to like PC Master Race. <laughs> yeah. So I might just say, fuck it, for $500, I could upgrade my desktop and then play yeah. any goddamn thing I want. That's what I'm talking fuck about. It. On top of that, porn looks great in high def. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, well. Uh, no, no. New porn, because they cast <laughs> they cast with high def in mind. Right. Looking back at like 80s and 90s porn, and you see like the sweat boils and stuff, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I need a VHS here. I'm slathering like Vaseline on my screen to get it fuzzy and shit, because I'm like, I don't want that to be that clear. Someone give me a scrim or a gel to put over this shit. What the fuck, you know? Can we get the Barbara Walters filter? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so you brought that up. Uh, have you seen the trailer to come out today for the new Wolverine movie? No. Well, I've been reading about it a lot. I actually forgot to watch the trailer, but I understand what it's about. Um, it's pretty violent from what I hear. Well, there's two. There's the The Red PG, Band trailer. Yeah. Yeah. The Red Band trailer. It's got a couple. He, he basically drives his claws up th- underneath a guy's chin through top of his head at one point. Yeah. Uh, but it does... But did it, it doesn't look anywhere near as violent as Deadpool, though. Yeah. So, well, I like, don't know. Deadpool's yeah. opening scene, there was brains and bone and shit flying around. You'd have to try really hard to be uh, more violent than Deadpool, and it's really not a contest. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to see this version of Wolverine. Um, it's going to be interesting. They're taking... Uh, they are taking, indeed, uh, a lot of themes from the Old Man Logan storyline. Well, that's uh, what I was going to say. I, 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 in addition, I guarantee... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no go ahead. I was going to say, I I guarantee that from watching it, because I haven't read any like spoilers, what the plot is, Yeah. but there's two things that you said that you hope are in there, and I, I, you called it. X-23. One is the yeah. girl that he yeah. was helping I didn't is think she'd the be... one with two claws. Right. I didn't and, think she would be so young, but yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, just like in the comic book, Old Man Logan, uh, I think he does end up slaughtering most of the X-Men. Yes. That's I implied. Think that's how it yes. Yeah. yeah. So you, you nailed it. There you go. I mean, this, I mean so hey, Chris, took- we got a unregimented version of the Iceman here. Yeah. He iced <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I had been... I had been reading a lot of things about how this is going to be, you know, related to the old man Logan storyline. I knew that they, from the last X-Men movie, that they were going to, Logan's DNA was going to be in play. And, uh, you know, that that just immediately took me to, that. well, any number of his clones, but X-23 would be the most popular. The one... Thing I will say about the trailer that I kind of got me rolling my eyes, and I hate to say this because I love Johnny Cash. Yeah, but they really need to stop using Hurt, yes. his version of Hurt, in trailers. Yes, it's like okay, we get it. Can you pick like a, a melancholy, sad song besides that? It's not the only one that's been you know done in the last fifteen years. Right, and if, you can even go back further. I don't mind. It worked in. Guardians of the Galaxy to pull from the seventies. So I mean, yeah. Can we get can we get something else for a music bed during a trailer 
when we're supposed to like, oh, we get it. This is the last Hugh Jackman Wolverine movie. Feel you know, sad. As a as a Johnny Cash fan, um, I'm glad that we have the American recordings in the history books and available to listen to. That we have Johnny Cash at that period in his life. Um, I think that, and technically, I mean, these are all Rick Rubin recordings. They're impeccable. I just mm. they're not they're not Johnny Cash's best work. There's some gems in there. But that is not, that was not the pinnacle of Johnny Cash's work, in my opinion. And the fact that that's what everyone seems to go back to is, is kind of baffling to me. Is it, It's like anyone's only interested in the covers that he does. But I say that and I think about all the covers that he's done. I mean, not just in, in, on the American recordings, but in the whole history of Johnny Cash, you know. Well, yeah, it's like one of my favorite songs that he ever did was Sunday Morning Coming Down. And right, he didn't That's a Chris that. Christopherson song. Right, so, I don't uh, know. You know, and if you really want to look at it this way, Ring of Fire is a cover song because right, that was, June Carter wrote it. Right. So that, that was about her feelings about Johnny Cash. John, it takes some balls to sing that. Hey, you know that song <laughs> that you wrote about me? I'm going to sing that one. Yeah, I wrote I wrote "Walk the Line" about you, and you wrote this song about me. Right. Hey, hey, let's go ahead and uh, can I use that? You know that done paint you in the most flattering light, right, John? Does that mean I get to sing "Walk the Line"? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. We're no. just gonna keep singing Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is um, one of my absolute favorites. Hey, you know, well, well, shoot. I don't know if we if I want to talk more about the X Men or if I want to talk about music. Let's get back to music well, in a second because music. Well, well real, I just wanna, real quick, then we'll I wrap ask up. You yes, one, I want to ask you one more thing because I know that you've read the comic books. I don't know if you've read the books. Yes. Have you Have you read the Dark Tower series, the books? Oh, I read the first book. The worst one in the series. Okay. Okay. So that's why I didn't read the second. <laughs> okay. Um, we got to remember he wrote that first one. He was 19. Okay. So it's a very, it, it shows. Um, the last chapter he wrote when he was in his late 30s. It took him that long to finish the first book. Um, anyways, yeah. they're coming out with the movie. And, the, it, you know. Wait, is this the one that's got Idris Elba in it? Yeah. Yeah. Which started a minor shitstorm because. In the second book, the the fact that that Roland, the gunslinger, the main character of the series, is white, is a major plot point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who wants to read it with the movies coming. I mean, if the movie wouldn't come out, I'd, I'd throw it out there. But you can go on Wikipedia and read a summary of it if you really want to know why that matters. But then I found, you know, they said, oh, what we're doing is it's not really a an adaptation of the books. It's kind of a sequel to the books. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it, it it's the next step in the cycle. And if you've if you know the story of the Dark Tower series, you get what I'm saying without me hopefully giving it away. But Well, I, I understand like, I know the the gist of the story, yeah. And I'm just like, okay. All right. So right there, dropped all my expectations because I've been a fan of this series. It's like the third Stephen King book I picked up in like nineteen eighty six was The Gunslinger. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's been thirty years. I've you know been a fan of this series. Well, they leaked the trailer for the movie, and 
It was online. And I watched it. And I don't know if it, I mean, if any of you guys have ever been stoked about a franchise. I mean, I, as a comic book fan, Aaron, I'm pretty sure you've, you've had this feeling. You're like, oh, my God, they're making a movie. And then you see the trailer and you're like, that's it? Yeah, the first X-Men yeah. trailer that I ever saw. Exactly. <laughs> what? Leather <laughs> jackets, get the fuck, fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, oh, I was so bummed. I was like, right. I, then, I wanted to like it. I just couldn't. I'm like, meh, I'll wait for it on DVD. Well, you know, it's interesting that uh, I, I'm not necessarily... I, I'm not necessarily invested in it. If it's good, I'll watch it. If it's not, I won't care. Um, I've read a decent amount of Stephen King books and enjoyed them. I've enjoyed a lot of uh, adaptations of his movies. Not not even having to pay attention to this, the, the production has been out there. Cause I, when a lot of the stories that I go to for news about comic books and other nerdy shit, they'll post stories about you know production on the Dark Tower. It's been going on for years now. At about, least fifteen. At, from who, which time who's going to be it. in it and who's not, and it changes constantly, and it's going to be a faithful rendition, and then it's just going to take place in the universe. Well, it's going to be one movie. No, it's going to be three movies. No, it's going to be three movies with TV shows happening in between. No, it's just going to be a TV show now. No, you know what? The movie idea is actually better. I mean, with the fucking committee of idiots that they have to go through to make these types of decisions, I don't know how anything good could possibly come out the other end. <laughs> idiots. It does. It happens every now and again. Sometimes the material and the actors are, that are devoted to that material are so dogged and determined that you can't help but have something that's enjoyable to watch in the end. But you got to know that this is really just poisoning the waters of this universe. It seems cursed almost well there's there's a script that leaked that's been confirmed to be the script that they shot yeah and basically what they did is they took a very the scope of this series is on par with like game of thrones lord of the rings like it 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 touches on a whole lot of different things in the span of, of eight books yeah and they basically turned it into a tween movie where the gunslinger is jake's and it, I believe they changed his name to John for some reason. The 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 boy in the in the series. Yeah. Um. He's his sidekick slash buddy. The movie's more about him than it is about the gunslinger. Okay. And I'm just like, okay, right there, whoever wrote that script doesn't doesn't understand the story if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Unless it's unless they're telling it like. No, but they from, know how hashtags work. Hashtag Team Jake. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, <laughs> what what writer watched Twilight and and The Hunger Games and decided, oh, let's make this a, a movie for, you know, the, the tweeners out there and 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 the young adults and all this shit. And I'm just like, eh. yeah. Why are they making movies for people that don't have any money? Well, on top of that, it's going to be. At first, I said it was going to be an R. Now it's going to be PG thirteen, and it's like okay. And I won't be surprised if it's cut down to PG by the time it comes out. But I mean, PG thirteen these days, you you it's it's pretty commonplace to see like eight year old kids their parents in a in a PG thirteen movie. You know, it's no big. I, I know t- you know seven year olds that have seen 
all the Hunger Games movies. You know, so Titty used to meet our Titty. You'd be see Titty in a PG thirteen movie now. PG thirteen used to mean you get to say fuck once. You can't, but you can't say it in a sexual way. You have to say it like motherfucker. You can't say I fucked her, and you can maybe get like a quick flash of boobs, maybe some ass. Yeah, yeah, non-contextual fucking a side boob. Can you say I fucked that motherfucker, or would that make it an R? You can say I fucked that motherfucker up, but I think motherfucker automatically got you an R. Ah, because I mean, if not, a lot of Richard Pryor movies would have been. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I, I I know we've talked about it because you said you've read the comics and stuff, and the comics is something I tried to get into, but when they started going back and retelling, oh, we were talking Dark Dark Tower again. Yeah, like, yeah I no, just no, I, I've, I don't I I have not read the comics. I've checked oh, them out. Okay. I but I've not bad. read them. Okay, a uh, swing and a miss. I miss I I, well, no, I misread that situation completely. Not no, bad. Cool. You know I'm. Again, like I, I'm always interested in anything that Stephen King has to do with. Uh, I don't, I'm not like you know 100 percent into everything that he does, but I pay attention because there are things that he does that I find really interesting. Yeah, and I mean, if you're a Stephen King fan, even a casual one, and you've seen like the Stand miniseries, yeah, and you have a memory that's somewhat good, you're going to realize that the bad guy in the Stan miniseries is the same bad guy in the Dark Tower movie. Right. You know, and then that, that's what I think is going to end up be, is going to end up be missing from the series is that it's not going to connect everything like right. he wanted to. It's not going to connect know. in the universe, in the its own universe sense. Uh, yeah. Probably the best thing, best connection you'll get is like a cameo from Stephen King. You know, he'll be playing a guy like, I don't know, selling water on the side of the road or something. I, I, I joked about it with a, with a huge tower jokey of a friend of mine. I said, doing yeah, like I wouldn't be Stan shocked. Lee cameos. <laughs> yeah, he starts doing like, yeah, the Stan Lee thing. If they actually make more than one movie of the Dark Tower. <laughs> like at some point he's like in the background and he has like two lines and that's it. Right. He's like a barista. Yeah, yeah. Kill exactly. him. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or like his uh, cameo in uh, Sons of Anarchy, where he, he's the cleaner after they murder somebody, and he just shows up and he's just creepy as fuck and doesn't say anything. And they're like, "Dude, we're killers and 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 felons, and he scares us." And that was just his character, just to show up and clean up dead body parts, well, like you know, something like that. Another uh, similar to. Uh, that universe of the dark tower and uh, um, what was the other book that you had mentioned? They had the same bad guy. Oh, the stand. Oh yeah. The stand and uh, the same bad guys in eyes of the dragon. Yeah. Another Stephen King book. Um, you know, it, the, the book, it was one of my favorites that between that and dark yeah. half, those are like my two Stephen King pillars. Those are the, my two favorite books that I read of his very different books. Extremely oh, different, extremely polar opposite in as they can be and still be in the same genre. It, uh, you know, had, uh, you know, it was made into a mini series, I believe. I know I watched it. I think it was a multi part thing. It wasn't just a TV yeah, movie. And it was. It was okay, but it didn't get 
anywhere near. It just kind of dipped its toe in the story that was explored in full in the book. And uh, that's another thing that's, you know, oh, we're in production on a new movie, probably for just as long, 10, 15 years. Um, Mm -hmm. But there is finally a new, this was over the summer, we got to see our first look at the new Pennywise. Um, I don't know. It's kind of tough to have to play any character that has previously been played by Tim Curry. But then people said that about Jack Nicholson and the Joker at one time as well. So yeah, I could be as optimally cautious, optimistically cautious as I am about the Logan movie. Like, not putting my hopes in it being fantastic, but I'm ready to be surprised and blown away. Hopefully. Well, I think I think the actor who's playing Pennywise in the the remake, his best bet is to not try to. He better pull a Heath Ledger. He better go. Right. What Jack Nicholson did with with the Joker is not something I'm doing. He better say what Tim Curry did is not something that I'm doing. Yeah. I'm I'm do, exploring a different aspect because I personally think most people who are terrified of clowns that are our age, it's due to that fucking miniseries. <laughs> Tim Curry playing it. <laughs> uh, that and the movie Poltergeist. Yes. Yeah. Oh shit! I forgot about Poltergeist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Pulls the kid on, like into the uh, closet. Yeah, yeah. The little uh, toy clown. I forgot about that. Bill Skarsgård is the is Swedish actor that is playing Pennywise. You know, and I saw him without ma- the makeup on, and I was like, him? He looks kind of... Kind of looks like a young Jim Carrey, doesn't he? He, he kind of looks like With a little nerdy eyes. guy, but then I saw him in the makeup, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I guess he can pull it off. The look, at least. You ever get into reading horror books when you're a kid, Chris? Do you read any Stephen King or Clive Barker or anything like that? I read, I I read like the first quarter of it and got bored. Yeah. <laughs> I don't picked, know what that says about my personality, dude. Dude, you picked his longest book up to that point. <laughs> I think the stand when he released the revised version was longer than it, but still, it's right. like. 1,200 pages long, dude. You, well, it's like pick, picking up the Bible and going, this is going to be the first book I ever read. <laughs> we got to get to some music because the, uh, well, a couple things. The Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was announced. And, oh shit, what was the other one that had to do with music? Oh, Bob Dylan getting the Nobel Peace Prize. But if I could just put a little bow on our conversation about, oh, fuck. I segued so hard I lost my train of thought. What were we just talking about? It, oh, The Dark dude. Tower, Stephen King. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, we, no, we were talking about books. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah, so before we get to music, uh, I just wanted to share with you real quick, the book that I'm currently reading is the second book in a trilogy of books by a... Uh, an author whose name I'm going to have to look up. But the the first book is called The Three-Body Problem. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I don't think so, no. Three-Body Problem. It's a science fiction that uh, kind of leans more heavily on the uh, 
political science more so and the and the actual science than the science fiction but it is about uh basically the earth's first contact with an alien civilization and what happens from there and they turn around and leave it's not well there's just contact made right not like direct contact visitation Ah. just a signal sent and a signal received as if somebody you know found the uh what was it the shit the galileo was that the color what was the one where they put the the fucking uh record voyager the void no was it voyager that's what they the the satellite they put the record inside yeah because the first star trek movie that's what oh right yes okay absolutely yeah all right um so anyway it's a fantastic book it's a it's a uh a chinese author and her name is oh shit oh i looked up the actual i bet bet there's an accident in the odd place Lou, oh, see, like, it's C-I-X-I-N. I have no idea how to pronounce it. L-I-U, and then last name C-I-X-I-N. Or actually, it's Chinese. I think it could be the other way around. I think, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, aren't they last name first, like you're reading a fucking goddamn attendance? Yeah, something uh-huh. like that, yeah. I thought that, was, I thought that was Japanese, but okay. Right. Like Suzuki, so, like, Suzuki is... Uh, it, Suzuki would be like Richard for me, but they put it at the end of the name. Right. Something like so, that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's not, it's not giving anything away to say that uh, the alien race that is contacted quickly understands that um, they are superior and we suck, and that <laughs> um, also that... Did they get signals of last night's debate? There was, is that what we uh, said yeah. They also understood that their planet sucked and that our planet was superior. So that didn't quite oh. equate to them. So they realized, hey, guess what? We're moving hey. in. Hey, so <laughs> you got some new fucking neighbors. Right. We're coming to exterminate you and take over your planet. And there's nothing now that. That's you, terrorism. And there's nothing that you can really do about <laughs> it. Good news is it's going to take us 400 years to get there. So. This is what the human what are, race... What, are we going to move? Right. This, yes. Th- right. That's one of the questions. Th- this is what do, what do humans do when faced with that problem of, in 400 years, we're definitely coming and taking over your planet. And there are some uh, analogies, some lines drawn to global warming and other concepts like that, where you know kind of illustrating humans lack of long-term planning when it comes to anything world changing much less extermination really really interesting book or a series of books so uh but music we want to talk about the hall of fame was announced right well aren't these the people that are the potentially the nominees like aren't the actual nominees this is the first round in december This, this is, is like the the people you can vote on. Yeah, if you can vote, if you yeah, if you have a vote. Yeah, this is the ballot. Yeah, is These the- are the people eligible to get in. So, who do we got here? Pearl Jam, I know is on there. Depeche yeah. Mode. Pearl Jam, uh, we knew as soon as that they were Journey. eligible. Fuck God, no, 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 please, no. Journey, yeah, Journey. is on the ballot. 
Jan Jackson. Uh, yeah, uh, Electric Light Orchestra. Finally. How? How is Jeff Lynne not in that place? I don't know. In some way. How many like, fucking hit songs do you have to have? Remember this band called The Beatles? You know, you might have heard of them when they decided to make music again after like 35 years. Uh, they called on Jeff Lynne to produce it. How is he not in there? Yeah. Do you think, okay, when the Traveling Wilburys got together, do you think anyone even questioned, well, who's going to produce this record? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That was like wondering Which, who by was, the way, that was like asking who's going to play drums in the Traveling Wilburys. Yeah. Did you ever actually think about the album count in that group collectively sold? I mean, it's oh, got to be like insane. triple digit, triple digit million. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, Tupac. Be one of, yeah, Tupac is one of the more controversial ones. Now that we're letting no rappers way. in. If NWA's in, why can't Tupac get in? I don't know. If Tupac can't get in, why can't Kanye get in? I mean, eventually. I hate to... You're... Oh, God. Uh, yes. I, you're right. <laughs> so you have to understand I mean, that. It, let it, a vote to let Tupac in now is a vote to let Kanye in in 15 years. But isn't, so what it, you call given, isn't it a given that he's going to be in at some point? He's either going to Kanye, be in it or burn it down. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if it goes on body work and how you affected popular culture, yes, he fits those criteria. He has more than, sorry, he has more than one album, unlike Depeche Mode. Like, isn't Violator like their greatest hits? Like, how are they eligible? Uh, no. They, they had hits prior to that and after. The one Depeche Mode album everybody knows is Violator. Yes. That's it. I think to me, to be in the Rock Hall, you got to have like, you got to have a few albums that everybody knows by name. You know, like Kanye would qualify in, in that category as well. Yeah. See, usually Violator, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll, I know that that's the album that everybody would, would or not everybody, most people would go to. Um, Shit, what was the next album they, they come out with? It's just the one that, you know, 50-year-old white people would know. They you know, say, hey, Depeche Mode, oh, yeah, Violator, great album. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, the one afterward, it, I Feel You, <laughs> that video was kind of laughable. How is, wait, Yes is not in the Hall of Fame already? I mean, come on. This is the same institution Black, Sa Black Sabbath isn't in there. Bad, well, bad okay. Brains. A genre of music exists because of Black Sabbath, and they're not in there. Okay, but let's let's be honest here. One, that last year's <clears throat> last year, uh, shit. I'm I'm, I'm catching your, your part timers. Steve Miller, thank you. I, oh I, yeah, it took yeah. Me a second. Steve Miller. Steve Miller got in, and Steve Miller basically. Savaged him backstage after his in, in his induction. Went on Howard Stern, absolutely just roasted the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and his complaints was basically, "It's not, yes, yeah, some artists are given that they're going to be in there, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, etc." He goes, "But when you get past the top tier first ballot Hall of Fame." 
people, it starts becoming a money game. And it's how much money is your record company or your camp or the artists themselves willing to spend to get in there. And he gave an example of him and his band got not got inducted. And he said, okay, well, uh, you know, so I'm going to need this many tables because it's going to be me, all my band members, and their spouses. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. For everybody that's not inducted, it's going to be $10,000. He said, my bandmates' spouses have to pay $10,000 to come to the induction ceremony? And they were like, yep. Yeah. And that's when he started digging, and he said, it's more about money, money being spent, and it's not even it's not even really that's how come when you say Chris one album doesn't get you in there there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are in there that I mean I'm sorry I I have nothing against Joan Jett what Joan Jett uh, well, I don't think she should be in should should be way down on the list compared to people that aren't in there on top of that the they zo- got a real yeah. hard on Joan Jett real in hard there, on the against zombies aren't fuck off they got a real they got a real hard on whoever picks these, the artists for the ballots against progressive rock music, metal for the most part. Yeah. Um, and really, if you're letting blues and hip-hop guys in, where are all the jazz guys? Where are the crossover jazz guys? Where's, okay, Miles Davis is in. That's a good question. You're telling me that- no longer, like, a, it's not, you have to play guitar to get in here. Let's just be turned into the music hall of fame, really. I mean, if we're going to talk about like bands, and they're going to go, okay, well, it's not based on necessarily record sales. It's based upon influence, originality. Right. Okay, where's King Crimson? Yeah. No one sounded like King Crimson when King Crimson came out. Fucking no one. No one had heard anything like 20, 21st century schizoid man when that came out. Let's, uh, no, no one still sounds like him. Yeah. Let's start our own hip-hop hall of fame. And we'll induct Black Sabbath. (laughs) (laughs) Ozzy be up there like, I just want to say thank you. And Tony be like, all right, Ozzy, shut the fuck up. (laughs) What's up? Flavor Flav and LL Cool J introducing Ozzy and Keith Emerson. Be like, this is bullshit. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. That's my law firm. That's <laughs> kept me out of jail. <laughs> they don't even what got a Jew in that law firm, and they kept me out of jail. That's good. What about the cars? Those guys are cool. They bailed me out. The cars are are not up for nomination. I don't understand are, that one either. How are they not in there already? And like, uh, you could argue the cars along with like Big Star. And a couple other oh, bands yeah. pretty much introduced <laughs> the world to pop to, to, to power pop. Yeah, yeah. You could like, make how that is Kasich just how's Rick Ocasek just not in there as a producer? Because he's balls deep in Paulina Poroskova going, I don't give a fuck about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, even if even right, okay, look, even if you're not in the whole supermodel thing, that woman is like sixty years old and looks like she's thirty. And he looks like Howard Stern after a crack binge. Yeah. He's fucking happy he's getting anything, okay? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, we actually shit. had this conversation the other day on the Weedsman. He looks like Howard Stern with AIDS. Right. Like in the nineteen eighties, though. What about Jane's addiction? Eh. 
Yeah, you, are you I guys fans? I'm a I'm a fan. I've seen them play live. I I enjoy uh, both Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros. Not a raving fan. I, don't know. I think Jane's Addiction is one of those bands that people uh, that, that there's there's more hype about them than actual substance to their music. No, mm, oh, dude, no. not no. I no, would okay. I, I would that. argue maybe post Ritual Dino Hell Ritual, yes. But you go back and listen to Nothing Shocking. That's yeah. a great album from start to finish. That is a great headphone album from start to finish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that, I, if you were listening, I just, no, I mean, I guess, I guess. I'm, mis- I'm misrepresenting here. I, once again, I think we're back to the body of work as far as... Well, if you're taking into consideration cultural influence, Perry Farrell was pretty much the guy that started, or was it was at least the thick mouthpiece for... Uh, Lollapalooza. Now, he could get in for that. Yeah. yeah. I think but he I mean, like, to get in so, for that alone. If you... If you think about it this way, what are radio, uh, to put it in you know industry black and white terms, I mean, radio programmers are maybe making sure they're only rotating two Jane's Edition songs at all times. Yeah. Like Jane says in uh, Ben Caught Stealing. Right. Well, they're not going to play nothing shocking, you know, especially these days on the radio. Dude. Hey, can, man. You, can you imagine the millennials, if they, the, the little millennials in high school, if they heard sex is violence? Yeah. They'd flip, oh my God, and be like, once again... Hey, you can I get some stop, mountain song? Mean? All right. Can I get stop? Can we get those thrown yeah, in every right. once in a while? Just three saying. days, possible. Can we get three days? I, I, you know, the DJ could take a bathroom break. Come on. You no, know, one of my, <laughs> my all-time favorite. Well, there's two favorite uh, Jane's Addiction songs that I have. Summertime Rolls. Yes. And, yes. and Standing in the Shower Thinking. Yep. And it's just especially... For the lyrics in Standing in the Shower Thinking. I mean, he's in the shower. He's thinking about everything, life, the universe, and and how fucked up everything is. And, oh, by the way, he's pissing at himself. Because yeah. he's in the shower. <laughs> 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 I think it's yeah, brilliant. I, I, uh, I, I bought that, I re- re-bought that CD for like the fifth time and yeah. about 10 years ago on a trip down to Tennessee with the ex-wife. And she never heard it. And so I popped it in, and until it got to Jane Says, she was like, I've never heard, this is, I love this, this is great. And then it got to Jane Says, and she's like, oh my God, I'm so tired of this song. I'm like, there's a fast forward button on the CD player. Like, okay, next song, I'm solved. But yeah, she was like, how how come I never heard this? How come no one ever talks about these songs? I'm like, because people suck. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Says is easily digested. Digestible. You know, been caught stealing his fart noises at the beginning of it. Haha, <laughs> it's funny. And dogs barking. Oh, great, wonderful. Right. And they had a video on MTV. Yeah. We could, uh, yeah, people could make sense of a song like Jane says because it, uh, well, you know, it's a, a well written acoustic song, fairly simple and straightforward. And people understood that. And they understood uh, Ben Caught Stealing in the context of the 90s in general, how we had quirkier bands that could have little hits like, uh, um, well, I don't know, the uh, Presidents of the United States of America or... Uh, <laughs> Ned's Atomic Dustbin, Shut the School fuck of up. Fish. I saw them live. I love both those bands. <laughs> <laughs> I like them too. I, 
I like them too. I mean, no, but dude, I know. When, I, when but I was working at a guitar shop when I was 14, I mentioned driving and crying to the hair metal guys, and they looked at me and goes, one of the guys, he, he played in Seduce, and he goes, are you one of those artsy-fartsy alternative fuckers? And right. I'm like, compared to your pointy, fucking, skin-tight, makeup-wearing ass? Yeah, I guess I am. Right. Hey, I'm blanking shut on... up and play your pink guitar. Right, when, like, uh, like a band like Ween could have, uh, uh, you know, a kind of pseudo-hit song that could break out, or, you know, like, Violent Femmes, you know... I love the Violent Femmes, but the only the only song anyone ever remembers is "Blister in the Sun." That These quirky, quirky bands. That is a just. Pl- oh that, my God! Yeah. Wait a minute. Are Violent Femmes in the it, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because that is one of the most fucking rock and roll albums. That was. I love how people are like, it's not, it's not, it's not punk. I'm like, there's nothing more punk than to release a punk album played on all acoustics. Yes. Yes, that's like the punkest thing you could do. At that point in time, especially. Dude, television's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know. It's a crime. I'm like, really? Really? If we're talking, I mean, that them, Talking Heads, Blondies, they were the Ramones. That was the scene that, that spawned, for better or for worse, Green Day and Rancid and you know all these other fucking bands. You know, I, I guarantee you'll never see the Misfits in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really, if we're talking about cultural significance, the Misfits reunited, and people wanted to go see a bloated Sigourney Weaver-looking fucking da- Glenn Danzig, all five foot three of them on stage, just to play with the Misfits again. And I mean, fat cheeks and black T-shirts everywhere rejoiced. That's what I'm saying. Misfits, all see it, you know exactly what the fuck it is. It's like the Rolling Stone lips. I mean, it, once again. It's a popularity contest, and it's and and I I, I kind of think Steve Miller was right. If you're not the top tier, it's how much money are you willing to spend, and how much ass are you willing to kiss to get in? Which is shocking to me that Steve Miller got in. If that's the case, it means his record company really wanted his back catalog to sell. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, interview where he said, "I'll wrap you up." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think we were off the air at that time. Yeah, but we talked about him on the Weedsman. <laughs> Oh shit! I'd loved that that press con or it wasn't a press conference. It was just like the normal, you know, everybody lines up after. Wait, well, he's event. already in. What are they going to do? Right, uninduct him. Yeah. Hey man, I'm in. You spent all the money on the display. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm calling you out. Honestly, you I, the trash. The, the only thing about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame I've ever found interesting, like that for a long time was must see TV was seeing the jam session. And sometimes seeing bands like Cream reunite that I never thought I'd see play together again. You know, I remember when, when The Doors got in and Eddie Vedder filled in on vocals, and I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, seeing the performances, I don't give a fuck about the speeches. I went to the museum because we were in Cleveland, and we had nothing to do on a Sunday. And we went, and I was underwhelmed. So, I was well, like, you can do it. You can blame the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. On that a portion of an album that was the Metallica Lou Reed album because that's where that came from. Is they were they inducted him for or he inducted them. One of them inducted each other, and they jammed together, and that's where that album came from. Because when you actually saw them jam on the the thing, it was actually pretty good. Like oh, that's pretty cool. Right. But a whole album of it of original material, no. it just it didn't. It was awful for it was both one- of them, for both of their careers. There was one song 
that because when the when the album leaked to the internet, I would basically give each song about thirty seconds. There was one song that lasted more than thirty seconds for me. I just couldn't do it. I was like, nope, nope, nope. Like it was just sad for both. Uh, it was sad on both. You felt bad for both Lou and Metallica. Like, oh come on, guys. Are we are we just both? <laughs> are you both strapped for cash at this point in your career where you had to do this? I just think fucking Lou Reed was probably like, uh, it's I'm something to do. <laughs> Please tell me that wasn't Lou Reed's last album. I think Please it was. Please tell yeah. me that wasn't Lou Reed's last album. No, it was. That it, was it, Lou's parting shot. Yeah. That piece of fucking <laughs> that pile of flaming shit was Lou's last album. Yep. Come on, man. Unless his unless his uh his widow releases like He's recording with you made lo- Cliff Burton uh, now. Come, <laughs> come on, unless man. his widow releases stuff from the like like in the vault that he had recorded in after that that just never got released. Yeah, that's it. Come on, you wrote Loaded, man. Now don't let that let be your last album. Mm-hmm. You wrote Heroin, man. You wrote Sweet Jane. You can't go out like that. Uh, oh, technically it says Lou Reed's last album was a best of. Does that count? Uh, did you record any original songs for it or even pull out like a B-side? Or like... This is a box set of remastered CDs. Do this. Wait, what's what the fuck's happening? Did he have any input on it? <laughs> I don't know. Sure, it counts. Anything to get him out of the doghouse. I don't want to hate on uh, <laughs> on Lou Reed. Honestly, I mean, yeah, he's made some missteps in his career. Not a hundred percent of his catalog is gold, but you could say that about any any artist that takes chances. I think it's kind of funny how much with what you just said about Lou Reed applies also to Neil Young. Like yeah. their their yeah. careers kind of parallel each other in that in that aspect as far as they'll release an album of just a big fuck you to either their to, sometimes to their fans, uh, most of the time to the record company. Just right. to do it. So right, like, it, it takes balls. It takes balls. Right. According I mean, to Wikipedia, it was his last released yep. album. Yep. No, I'm new sure, material. like, you know, uh, when Neil Young started to mellow out a little bit, people were probably going, man, you like, you need to like get the electric guitar going again and, you know, really rock out with some power chords. He's like, no, fuck you. I'm going to make trans. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to make an album with no guitars on it. It's going to be all electronic and it's dedicated to my son. Well, and then the fuck thing you. that I love, I want to live when... in a world where you can do that. I don't want to listen to trans again. But I want to live in a world where Neil Young can do that. <laughs> what I loved is when the live album with uh, uh, Crazy Horse came out. Yeah. It was called Weld. And people, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, he's back rocking again. Not to, not, to, it's just such a Lou Reed thing, or not Lou Reed, excuse me. It's such a Neil Young thing to do. He released an EP to go along with it called Arc Weld that was nothing but 30 minutes of guitar feedback. Nice. From 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 his live shows. And I was like That's awesome. I'm like, there we go. That's 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 Neil Young. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh you like my live album? Well here, you'll like this one too. Buy this. I need to I need to buy some of the model train sets. There you go. It's thirty minutes of guitar <laughs> feedback. <laughs> oh Christ. All right, we got anything else or is that about it? I'm sad for Lou Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Who's who's his widow? Who is he married to? Uh, no Not Mary Ann Faithful. Uh, she's. I, I know she was a big wig in the. Uh, Candy Darling. No. I the minute the minute we hang up, I'm gonna be like, oh shit, that's who he was married to. But it doesn't really matter, I guess. Lori Anderson. Thank you. That's exactly. Yeah. An artist in her I own could, right. So. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember her name. All right. Well. Funny. Yeah, I guess we can wrap it up there. I mean, I don't know. Unless you wanted to talk about how Leonardo DiCaprio has been chopping around a reboot of Captain Planet. As a, no, no, really. As a, gr- <laughs> as a grim and gritty movie. <laughs> can we shelve that? Can, can, what? What? Oh, can we shelve it? Can we shelve it? I'm sure we can. Uh, it's not. It's not as timely as like the election. I'm sure we can. We can put that in a box oh, oh, and bring yeah, it yeah. out. I, I'm sure it'll come back up again in the future. Why do we gotta have a dark? Because yeah, because then we can go and why do we have to have a dark gritty reboot of everything? I don't even know what that means to have a dark and gritty reboot of Captain Planet unless, like. He's going to be killing people? Yeah. First of all, let's analyze that statement. A dark and gritty reboot of Captain Planet. First, the last two words of that sentence to me are just make this... What's wrong with it? Well, because what's the the battle here? It's people versus the planet, right? And he's like, be better to your planet. Well, he's not going to (laughs) be beating up animals or the planet in general, so he's got to be beating up people. If it's dark and gritty, that means he's going to be killing somebody. It's the final fucking confrontation. Or he's just a uh, drunk. Is it Captain Planet versus the Earth? The Planet versus Earth? It's the Captain Planet oh, versus, Captain the Earth. versus the Earth. Yeah. Would that be the final showdown? The Earth has got dark, angry eyes and teeth. Urgh. Yeah, it turns out people weren't killing it, that the uh, Earth actually had a, a suicide wish. <laughs> been trying to kill itself for years and we we keep slowing it we keep trying to slow it down but then uh, i guess we can wrap it up here guys we want to thank everybody who is listening to us downloaded keep coming all right we go up every show so thank you to everybody we're on itunes we're on google play stitcher tunein.com anywhere you can get your favorite podcasts like this one all right yeah but thanks for listening everybody catch us on and twitter we'll catch you next Yes, at unregimented pod. At unregimented. Yes. At unregimented pod on Twitter. At unregimented on Instagram. Unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net if you'd like to email us. Catch you next week. Yeah, leave us a... (laughs) See you later, guys. Leave us a a review or rate us or get in touch with us. See you later. (laughs) Yes. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you 
you for listening. Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.